Christmas and a happy new year. That's what you're supposed to say this time of the year, isn't it? That's what's customary. But why? Why should this Christmas be merry? Why should this holiday season be happy? The truth is that some find it a very difficult season of the year. We really do want it to be a happy Christmas, but we're not quite sure we've got the reasons why. And if that describes you, then I've got good news for you, because I think the Bible gives us brilliant reasons for genuine joy and celebration this Christmas. And so I'd like to draw your attention to the first Bible reading that we heard this evening, and it came from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. On Sunday mornings, we've been working through this Old Testament book. Uh, It was written about 700 years before the coming of Jesus. The context of this chapter was darkness. Just put the text up, please. Verse 1, describe distressed people living in gloom. Verse 2, people are walking in darkness. And what was the cause of this gloom, of this distress? Well, at this point in the history of Judea, they were facing possible invasion from a violent superpower. Now, it's not hard to understand why that might be quite depressing. The prospect of of their homes, their businesses, their farms being uh, destroyed, the loss of their possessions, their wealth, perhaps the death of loved ones, deportation, slavery, all of that was on the horizon. And behind the geopolitics, there was also a spiritual darkness. God had spoken to the people through Isaiah the prophet. He'd let them know a way that they could escape all of it by instead listening to God's word. But instead of doing that, they chose to ignore God. They chose to kind of run things their own way. And so their choices led them to this darkness and disaster and distress And I think that's not just ancient history. I think that sounds very contemporary. If we have the courage to take a look at this world around us and also even to look into our own hearts, we will see that this is a beautiful world that is darkened by selfishness and sin. Whether that's the terrible pictures, the devastation of Aleppo, where we see different groups and factions fighting to have control, to have the power. And that same devastation happens just not on world politics, but it happens in relationships and in family life as we see the hurt and pain that is caused by selfishness, by people just pursuing their own personal happiness at all costs. But there's great news here in this chapter. Take a, very, take a look at that first verse. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Darkness, distress, But nevertheless, that's not the end of it. Something big is going to happen around Nazareth, around the Sea of Galilee. It's going to change everything, as the verse goes on to say. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. What Isaiah promises here gives us the reason for being merry and joyful this Christmas. Have a look at verse 3. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. 
They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. You see, joy and gladness is exactly what God wants us to experience this Christmas. The sort of joy that farmers have when they've brought in a bumper harvest and it guarantees their future, a, a time of feasting and celebration. It's the sort of joy when a terrible tyrant and his army are defeated and all their ill-gotten gain is shared around. And if you can picture joy like that, well, that's the sort of joy that God wants us to experience this Christmas. So what is the source of this light and joy? Well, verse 6 tells us it's the birth of a king. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. All of this joy because of a baby who will be a king. Now, mums and dads here might well miss up as they think about the birth of their own children. But let's be honest, when our children were, were born, it wasn't really a cause of, natu- of national celebration. A few friends and family feigned interest in the weight and the name, and that was about it. Yes, a royal baby will make the front pages. But consider this, the birth of this baby is so significant that we're still singing about it today. That we heard that glorious uh, piece of music sort of putting together Handel's Messiah that is just rejoicing and celebrating at the good news of this king. People are still singing. What is it about this child that still makes him significant for us here today in Edinburgh? Well, it's all bound up with his name. His name reveals his identity. Look what it says. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's an amazing job description, isn't it? Last week, we had that week in The, uh, the Apprentice where they have to show their CVs and they're all shown to be lying and fibbing. And, and, and How on earth could you live up to such a job description like this? The truth is, no mere human could. This is not just a king. This is the king, God wrapped in human flesh. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, if Israel uh, and its kings had brought disaster upon itself because of foolish plans, well, this coming king has wisdom. He's the wonderful counselor. The word wonderful for us is such a debased word. Oh, wonderful. But actually, in the Hebrew Scriptures, it is something that is only exclusively used of God. Only God can do wonders. What is life really all about why are we here most people if they're honest they'd say well I don't know which is extraordinary isn't it all this rushing around all this busyness and we don't even know what life is for we're in the dark about what it's about and into that darkness this baby shines a bright light this is divine revelation He will reveal the purpose and point of what life is really all about. A counselor who will reveal the truth about God, who will reveal the truth about us and about what life is about. And all we have to do is listen to this promised king. 
And you also have the power to back it up. Look at that second description, mighty God. Isaiah is preparing us for one who would both be fully human, a child is born, and God, mighty God. Someone who would both speak and act as only God could speak and act. Perhaps the sort of person who could do miraculous things, feed a few thousand people with some bread, rolls, and some fish. Perhaps someone who could still a storm, a life-threatening storm with just a word. Someone who could raise the dead. Someone like that. And Isaiah promises that this would not be a remote king. This is a king who cares. His leadership will be like that of a loving father. And if you've had the joy of a loving father, you'll know what a great description that is. Sadly, not all have experienced that. But even if you've never known a loving father, this promised king will provide that strong, wise, loving, protecting, and nurturing care of a father. And the wonderful thing is that this king is, with this king is that his care and compassion will never leave. He is the everlasting father. And he's the king who can bring peace, who can bring an end to the conflict and hostility between us and God, between us and other people, even inside of ourselves. He is the prince of peace. So we're talking about a person who has a, a plan to fix a broken world. We recently got all the way up to Isaiah chapter 53 on Sunday mornings. And we discovered that the peace that he would bring, this peace with God, would be achieved at great personal cost. Here's just one verse from Isaiah 53. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. I find this extraordinary. All of this promised Eight, the 8th eight century before Christ came. And today and tonight, we're celebrating that Jesus, born on that first Christmas, is the one who came to fulfill all those promises. He's the only one who fits that job description. This is why Christians are celebrating. This is why Christians really do have great reasons to find great joy at this time of the year, because Jesus brings light into our darkness. He brings joy into our despair. Those who come to know and trust Jesus have found in him wisdom, might, fatherly care, and peace. And you see, the reason we've publicized this event and, and have sought to invite Edinburgh to, to come tonight is because the offer of entering into God's everlasting kingdom is still on offer to all who will turn to Jesus Christ today. Now, if you've never thought about this, uh, we'd love to give you this little book for free. It'll be available as you walk out. There'll be people holding them. Uh, it's called The Christmas Playlist, and it tells you a little bit more information. But at the back of it, there's a great little prayer that you could use if you wanted to turn to God and ask him to receive you into his everlasting kingdom and to receive his forgiveness, and to know his peace. And if you'd like to do that, uh, if you'd like to have that prayer, if you'd like to have that book, then just simply take it on the way out tonight.
but perhaps this is all very new to you. You've got some questions. Well, we'd like to encourage you to think about coming to a course that we're going to put on in, in January. It's called Life Explored. And over seven sessions, it combines a series of short films, filmed from uh, all around the world. Next screen, please. And uh, it interacts with the Bible in an informal discussion format. People who've done it love it and have found it very helpful. So why don't you think uh, about signing up for that? Go to the, the welcome desk, fill in a form, or you can text your details to that number on the screen. Finally, may I wish you a very joyful and merry Christmas. It really is ours for the taking when we take this Jesus, who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And if you know that, why don't you come with me and let us adore him as we sing the final carol, O come all ye faithful.